frick, I don't know. What episode are we on? <laughs> four, five, five, four, four. Yeah, episode four. Welcome to Star Wars Rant Podcast, and thank you for listening. I'm Brian Seddon, coming to you from Northwest Indiana. Joining me is our fellow hosts. Uh, we have Brian North, also from Northwest Indiana. And then all the way from South Dakota, Mr. South Dakota Gamer himself, Chad Viss. How's it going, fellas? What's up? It's going good tonight. All right, all right. So um, last week we talked about Star Wars Celebration and mainly focused on Rogue One. Um, and then, you know, we picked up some of the, the other panels. Um, tonight we're going to give you a little bit of information on... Um, some more from Celebration, a little bit about uh, Rebels, and um, some big news broke there. Maybe a little bit on Episode 8. I think each of us has a little bit of something, not necessarily from Celebration, but just some Star Wars news that we uh, want to talk about. And, um, and then a couple other segments. Brian has a, a question of the day for us. Um, Ooh. <laughs> and, then, and it's um, a big one. We have a, uh, a new thing we're going to do each week. We're going to talk about a character from the Star Wars universe and uh, just give a little bit of background on him. And then, um, and then of course, we'll, we'll fin- finish the show with our Outer Rim segment. So, hey, thanks for listening. It's going to be a good episode. So um, let's just go ahead and jump into it. Star Wars Celebration was last week. Sing the Already, song. Uh, Sing the no, song. That's, you did it. Uh, I got a letter from uh, people. <laughs> From the people um, that sing the song. From the for people real. that sing the song, and they said yeah, no more. No so, more of that. Yeah. No more. And, and um, the listeners. <laughs> and yes, Brian Brian North basically told me not to do it anymore. Sent an email. <laughs> Stop. Please don't do that again. Yeah, he, he threatened to quit the podcast. <laughs> um, so we, um, uh, yeah, celebration was the other week. Last week, this week is uh, Comic Con. So man, yeah. two uh, two right, great weeks. If back. I was. Uh, yeah, if I was, you know, had some means, I would probably have done both. That would be a great uh, two weeks. But, um, you know, I know I'm already looking into Star Wars Celebration uh, next year. It's in Orlando. Um, like for real? Eight. Like you're really looking into, like seriously going? Yeah. Really? I got tentative permission from the wife. Oh, wow. So Yeah, uh, you're not going. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I need you two to go to help split some uh, hotel costs. So get it, get it figured out. Huh? Um, but yeah, it's in April. It's in Orlando. Um, I think it's one hundred and fifty dollars for a four day pass. Um, it's not bad. The VIP tickets are sold out already. So, wow. so there's that. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, I think it'd be a great time. Um, hopefully, that's in my future. But in the meantime, let's talk about Star Wars Celebration that just happened. Like I said, we've already talked about Rogue One. We have a little bit more Rogue One news that I was going to cover um, and then jump into some Rebel news. But, uh, you know, I think first one of the things I wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, Gareth Edwards is obviously the director of Rogue One. And, um, you know, I read a good article from uh, Jermaine Lusser who, um, you know, the, the article basically talks about why Rogue One was shot differently from every other Star Wars film. So, you know, we already know the the story of Rogue One is going to be different in the fact that it's a a war-based movie. Um, You know, it's not necessarily like the saga that we're used to. 
Um, but even in the way that he's filming it, he's filming it in a different vibe than the traditional Star Wars um, films. So, you know, some things that I thought was interesting. One of the things he says in this, uh, this article is, um, you know, it says many of the action scenes in the trailer and new footage are in sort of a desert marketplace called Jeddah. And um, that's an extremely important location to the film. But um, he says, and I'm reading from the article here, and this is Gareth talking, we went to Jordan to film and we built the set in Pinewood that was 360 degrees so you could kind of look wherever you wanted. Um, he said, normally on a set, extras are told, you know, okay, on action, you walk over there and you cut on your stop. We said, okay, for the next hour, you're going to cook food or you're going to do this car thing. And the crew were wearing costumes, so if the cameras turned around on them, they wouldn't be in the shot. So what's kind of cool about that, basically, is he's saying, you know, they were really free to do what they wanted in the scenes. You know, huh. other than, obviously, like the dialogue, um, I'm sure I'm sure there's some ad-libbing. But, um, you know, he says, we tried to keep it all flowing, and the actors were given the freedom to go where they wanted and do the scene in a way that felt right. So there's a lot of freedom in it, and it had this organic vibe, different vibe to it than you associate sometimes with star wars um so i think i think that's kind of interesting in the way that he shot the film um you know basically what he was saying is you know usually the films are so static as far as like he says you're on your mark and you're doing what they tell you to do and the difference is from what i read in the article is the the rebel scenes are kind of free-flowing and the empire scenes are more of that static you know traditional Star Wars type of filming that we see in, in all the other Star Wars uh, films. Huh. So, um, so I, right. I thought and that was goes, pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, and this goes back to um, the panel from Rogue One. I don't know if you guys remember, but I think one of the first questions that were asked to Gareth was, um, you know, why, or I think Kathleen Kennedy, why did you pick Gareth as a director of Rogue One? And she just said that from just seeing him direct his past films, he's the kind of guy that always has the camera on his shoulder. He's always looking for that next best shot. And I think having a set like that where he can find every single best angle possible was the perfect way of putting his, the way he does things as a director and giving him the best movie set to do it in. And it just goes, it's way better. I remember watching as a kid, watching all the special features on the prequels and just seeing George Lucas sitting in a lawn chair in the back corner while they just ran across the green screen or the blue screen. And uh -huh. it's so much nice that you, you know, when you're talking about a war movie and a movie that's different from all the other movies, it's not just, hey, just run across and we'll just fill in the background. It's everybody's doing something, things are going on, even the crew's in costume. And, you know, it just for the vibe of the movie that I'm expecting as an in, in the trenches rebel versus empire war movie, that's exactly what I want to hear from the production side of things. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, lately I've been, the movies I watch, i kind of really been paying attention to, to different scenes in movies and, and um, kind of been digging on, wow, that, that's kind of a beautiful shot or, you know, I like how they put that together. Not that, I, you know, I've never been to film school and, you know, did a few cell-thon videos for work, right, Chad? That, that but, qualifies uh, you right there. Yeah, um, and if you don't stuff. know what that is, you probably are living Missing a better out. life than Nonsense. I am. Nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> but... Uh, um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm really excited to see the way he shot it. You know, I think the scene locations that, that they've picked out, you know, or you show it's going to be a different, different look to the film. And, right. um, 
And so we I even got a little bit of we even got a little bit of that in the Force Awakens. I mean, mm. you know, you remember seeing old lightsaber battles where the lightsaber would kind of just fall and just like smack against the ground because yeah. it was just on a pile of green screen compared to that final fight scene in the Force in Awakens the snow. where you, yeah. yeah, you never saw a lightsaber covered in snow before no. and that was yeah. just that was just really cool to kind of see these futuristic elements that have always been in Star Wars but in like these real life, you know, you yeah. always want to see a lightsaber, you know, hit the water but you never do because it's all green screen in the past so yeah yeah and then um you know he also talked a little bit about his um you know the i would say his uh his characters character development is probably what i would say he's probably gearing this these statements towards but um you know one of his statements i got pulled into making the film through my love of the original films but then what was clear a clear conversation that happened early on at Lucasfilm what we were doing that we were doing new things this is not a karaoke number or just pure winks and fan service that's not going to make a good film this has got to be characters that you care about and there's an opportunity to create new people and events that pull you in so he says hopefully the goal is that you come to the film for all the reasons that we love Star Wars and you got sucked in and start to care about the new people and when you're in the midst of all that and that's going on, familiar things start to pass you by. And you sort of remember, oh, yeah, yeah, but the film should exist on its own terms. And then he kind of follows it up with a statement that I thought was good. He says, if all these films are ever just, and here's this character you love, and here's this character that you love all the time, and that's all they're doing, they're not really doing what George Lucas did, which is he tried to find stories that were about something that were saying something, stories that you keep in your pocket for 40 years later that stay in your head and are still affecting you. So, you know, I think when you think about, you know, like J.J. Abrams when he did Episode 7 and, and, you know, how that was going to turn out, I think he did a great job. And then you hear Rogue One and Gareth Edwards. I didn't really know much about him. But, you know, as I'm learning how he's shooting the film, his thoughts on character development and and storytelling, um, man, I, I get more excited about this movie than I, than I have, you know, in the past. So every day I'm just hearing good things coming out of rogue one. Um, so some, some cool news articles, Jermaine Lesser is where I got that from. Um, check them out online. He's got some good stuff there, but, um, you know, one other thing that I thought, and I, I mentioned this in our last podcast, episode three, um, was, um, you know, obviously we saw that beach planet, um, Scarif. and, Yep, Scarith, and so we know that's going to be a location, and there's another um, location that I was I was trying to uh, remember the story that I had seen, and this is it. the The planet's called Jetta, and um, um, just to read this again, and sorry to read all this, but uh, you know I think it's really good stuff. Um, says one part of Edward's voice that will come through in Rogue One has a spiritual element. Jetta is named that for a reason so that's a planet we're going to see it has a connection with jedi a group that hypothetically doesn't exist at the point in the story the empire thinks they're mostly gone obviously as we all know right the jedi are supposed to be extinct um after order 66 um so he says uh the era the era our film is set in theory doesn't have any jedi but the idea of having star wars film that doesn't talk about the force just didn't feel right he says, if you look at what George was great at, we got a story about one thing. He's implying, uh, he's implying, but he's implying a million other things in the background, ideas that are much wider. 
He says, and obviously our film is using that and telling a story within it. He says, but for me, it's like if a new hope is the story of Jesus or something, there must be a whole religion beyond that. And it felt like for a thousand generations, Jedis were the leaders of this spiritual belief system. There's got to be like the equivalent of a Mecca or Jerusalem within the Star Wars world. And that world will play a big role in setting up the story and characters of Rogue One. Um, and so basically, if you read on, you know, the uh, Empire occupies this planet, Jeddah, and this Jeddah has, is a significant planet. Um, like he says, it's like a Mecca or Jerusalem um, for those that, I guess, those that believe in the Force. Um, is, how do they maybe, spell Jeddah in that article? Uh, the article read. I'm reading is J-E-D-D-A-H. Well, I think I got one D. Is it? Because Jeddah is a real place in in a real world, just e, uh, just west of actual Mecca, in Saudi really? Arabia. Yeah, this spells it J E D, H A. Okay, it's spelled J E D D A H as an actual place. Just it's just interesting. It's very similar, um, to an actual place that's near Mecca, which is what they say it's like for Jedi. Or Jerusalem, or for, Jerusalem. You know, we don't want to get into you know. Well, that I think did, debates here. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't the article say that it's like me- a, a mecca for Jedi believers or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Or or Jerusalem, right? Okay, so you know what I'm saying. You, you know, yeah, yeah. And so, anyways, I, I think it's cool. You know, again, yeah, you can't have a Star Wars movie without something about the Force or, um, you know, that the myth uh, mythos that's in Star Wars. So. Two cool articles I thought were great. Get me pumped up for um, for Star Wars Rogue One. Um, and then on to Star Wars 8. And uh, I was going to do some more research on this. I didn't get to do it. But um, Star Wars 8, um, the director, Rain Johnson. Mm-hmm. You guys familiar with his work at all? I am not. Not before this. No? I need to check it out. Um, I've seen one movie of his what earlier, which is that Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's movie, Looper. Oh, oh I did see Looper. Yeah, that's Rain Johnson. So okay. I like it. I've seen him his work in that. Obviously, that was his own creation. I thought it was pretty creative. Um, other than that, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Seeing just one person's worth, I don't know. I can't really judge. So. Right. Um the Looper, I thought was a was a pretty decent story. Um, film, I thought the movie was good though. Star Wars Eight, he says, uh, will be based on classic war films. He says uh, Johnson told fans at Star Wars Celebration in London last weekend that he had set up a film camp for his cast and crew to watch old movies before shooting began. So he had them watch Bridge on the River Kwai. Kwai. Yep. Uh, about. Prisoners of war in Burma forced to build a bridge to aid their Japanese captors. 12 o'clock high about a brigadier who rallies his demoralized troop of pilot films, of pilots. And it says films became a really personal part of the new Star Wars epic. Johnson also screened the black and white 1959 Soviet drama Letter Never Sent. And of course the 1964 Japanese film, we all know it and love it. The Three Outlaw Samurai. Mm, my fave. Never saw any of these. My fave. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it does kind of make me want to check them out, though, and see, you know, 
I don't know if it'll make a difference or not. But well, it's, uh, it's that same theme, right? It's war. It's war movies. It's it's something that's different than. I mean, it's similar to about Rogue One. I mean, if it's the same right. feel war wise, uh, which is different. Yeah. So. Um, he also did some episodes. He directed some episodes of Breaking Bad as well. Yeah, you know, should I say it? I've never seen an episode of Breaking Bad. I've seen some of them. Yeah. I've heard it's good, though, obviously. Right. Everyone right. loves it, that watches it. Um, and then, obviously, we know Star Wars 8 is going to pick up where the last movie, The Force Awakens, left off with Daisy Ridley's Rey meeting Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker on a desolate island. So, And then, obviously, they still don't have a title yet, which leads me, this is not the question of the day, <clears throat> but I think it needs to be at some point. Brian North. Get your pen uh, out. I get my pen out. We, I think Take we each notes. need to come up with a title for the new Star Wars movie, That's Star Wars one. 8. That's a good one. You know? So I think next podcast, episode 5, you got to come to the table with a, uh, Man, a, with a title. That was actually the question tonight. No, it wasn't. Nah, I'm just kidding. But I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll have that for future That's questions. So start thinking about it. Oh, boy. But my question tonight does include something about... Episode 8. Cool. All right. Cool. Good stuff. All right. So, next. Did you guys see some new characters? Um, I saw one? the one that they revealed two tubes. Two and tubes, two which tubes I actually love at the Comic-Con. name. Um, I, I thought it was uh, very cool, other than the name. Um, I would probably pick two tubes Bri- as a Brian says, I love the name. And then he, the other Brian says, I hated the name. <laughs> Edro, his name is Edro Two right. Tubes. The reason why I like the Two Tubes name is because if you haven't seen the picture, um, which check it out online, we'll have it up on our website if I decide to put it up there. Um, <laughs> he um, he has a breathing apparatus, and there's two tubes coming oh, out of it. Clever. And um, but I, I like that they're just you know yeah let's call them Two Tubes. It's kind of like you know let's in the original trilogy let's call him Walrus Man because he looks like a walrus or. You know, and that's the way they used to name some of those characters. So I thought it was kind of like a callback to, to that. Yeah, so. and one thing I definitely liked about two tubes, you know, <laughs> quote unquote two tubes, um, is I just get that classic Star Wars vibe from him. Just because if you look at the costume he has, you know, they have he has pieces from Tie Fighter uh, pilots, and he has a rifle from a Tuscan Raider. So you kind of just see how I just love how you know the one thing that I love about Star Wars other than Star Trek is Star Trek you know you got everybody in uniforms you got everybody in their getup um, it's to a T um, and we got a lot of that in the prequels the politicians wore their gear we have the you know the uniform of the Jedi the tunics but one thing I love about the original trilogy is everybody just kind of picks up their outfits from everywhere you know they, they go to one planet and they pick up a belt they go to another planet they pick up a pair of pants and you just kind of see a, a strange ensemble from different planets and different places and i think that they brought that back a little bit with you know ray having the goggles of an old stormtrooper as her mask you know when she's scavenging around jakku and that's what star wars is, is about just having those characters with just these random ensembles of pieces that they picked up in a junkyard somewhere huh yeah Right on. Yeah, no, I think his character looks good. They give a little bit of um, background to him. Um, it says, uh, 
let's see. Let me read this here. It says, uh, this headgear. Okay, let me just read it from the start. This new Star Wars story character is called Itero Two Tubes, about the same way Bib Fortuna could have been named Bib Tentaclehead. This headgear could mean that Itero <laughs> won't have much to say, or will be speaking an entirely uh, ang- no, alien language, much like Jabba. It says Itero's backstory is that his planet Yar Tongna, Tongna was conquered by the Empire, according to an official statement from Lucasfilms. It says the two share the nickname derived from the breathing apparatus that allows their Tognath physiology to process oxygen and atmospheres. Itero's homeworld, Yartongna, was conquered and occupied by the Empire, forcing him to flee as a refugee, desiring to strike back at the Empire. Itero and Benthic, who's the other person that's mentioned, but I haven't seen a picture of him, um, says they've allied with Saw Gerrera. Um, so it says, uh, two tubes is a mercenary pilot who joins forces with the rebels to fight back against the empire. He appears to be garbed in a kind of airtight armor complete with metal gloves, which are reminiscent of the knights of medieval Europe. In his right hand, there appears to be a pole like weapon with a blunt end on the bottom, possibly indicating that he's nimble and athletic fighter. It could also be a rustic rifle. I thought it was a rifle. That's what it looked like to me. Um, since the blunt end appears to have a kind of mechanism on it. And a, there's a symbol with an S etched in the middle, possibly a gift from Saul Guerrera. So, kind of cool. So, possibly, you know, Saul Guerrera etched an S in the uh, stock and gave it to him, um, if it is a rifle. So, very cool character. Um, and then also, if you saw the Rogue One... Um, behind the scenes clip that's been going around they showed it at celebration it's online now um they showed two characters they showed multiple characters but there's two that actually we actually have names now let's talk about these two new characters from uh from rogue one we have peo and biston so um so again pretty cool characters um first one he has a nickname his name is big mouth his real name is peo and again, we'll put a link. You probably don't remember him. I don't remember him um, from the uh, from that trailer. But uh, it says uh, Peo is a soldier who serves as a kind of platoon leader, coordinating the charge in, into battle. And um, so Gareth says there is this great design of this creature that's mouth opens really wide. He looked like he was really good at giving orders and shouting at people during a battle. He said uh, so. Edwards was like, "Hey, we gotta give him a a moment in the film." And so he was born out of that. Then there's the space monkey who made a memorable onstage appearance at Celebration. Um, I didn't get to see that, but he was seen in the behind the scenes reel, which I saw, uh, cackling madly while manning a machine gun on a starship. Um, says his real name is Biston. He's the gunner of a new starship known as the U-Wing, a sort of gunship and troop transport. It's not necessarily a character that we get to know, Edward says. But he says uh, he has a very memorable, iconic look, and um, he's one of Edward's favorite characters. And he says, I can't give away what happens to him. So um, <laughs> obviously he has a, a moment in the, uh, the movie there that sticks out. So, is that trailer up now like real, or is it still that cell phone footage version? 
No, so when I say trailer, I meant that behind the scenes look. That's where okay. you can see uh, see these two characters. The trailer, no, it's not up. It's not, um, okay. not the not the new one. I haven't seen it. I've been looking for it, but uh, yeah. okay, still not up. Um, so that's the news I got. Um, you know, before we get into Thrawn, what do you got, Chad? What have you? Uh, what's piqued your interest so far this week? Well. Um, as Brian mentioned at the beginning of the show, I have a, well, he didn't mention this. He called me South Dakota Gamer. I have a podcast about video games um, that me and a couple guys do. And some Star Wars video game stuff was also shown and announced at Celebration. Um, so I was just going to kind of go over that real quick. Uh, we talked about it two weeks ago. Uh, Battlefront is the Star Wars game that's out right now. Um Besides the Lego Star Wars game, but Battlefront's the online multiplayer game uh, where you play as either Rebels or Stormtroopers in the original trilogy. And then there's also some hero modes where you can play as Han and Luke and Vader and Palpatine. Um, But they announced a couple new uh, expansion packs that are going to come out this year, 2016. So in September, uh, for those of you that have the season pass for that game or you can buy it separately... The Death Star DLC is going to be coming out in September of this year. Um, It's going to have full-blown space battles. So, for instance, when you're playing Battlefront now, you can fly as TIE Fighters or X-Wings, and you're flying over a couple cities, um, but you're doing some freeform flying. They're going to have one over the Death Star. So you're going to be flying out in space as TIE Fighters or X-Wings. So is it, though, like the, um, you know, it's broken up, like you can be on land... And then, uh, well, I guess it's the same. You grab a token and then you jump in the ship, right? Yes. So it's going to be the same deal. They'll have that. There's also going to be a mode like there is now that is just, it's they call it Fighter Squadron, where you're not on the ground at all. It's only flying. Right. Yeah. So they'll have both. So there'll be some where you're in the Death Star itself fighting one, you know, one team against another, and you can pick up a token and then you can go up to the air battle. Um, so that'll be a mode, and then they'll also have a mode where it's just straight up only in the air. That's cool. Space. You know, one of the things I miss though from like the one of the old battlefronts was actually like getting in the ship, getting in the ship, flying yeah. in and out of the hangar bay. Yeah, like I always thought that was cool. Right. Um, but you know, I, yeah, I get. But now it's that. you. You kind of pick up the token and you spawn in the yeah in the ship. Which hey, I still take you know take yeah. that over nothing. But at least now they're flying in space. Yeah, that's like for that game. I think that might be my favorite mode is Fighter Squadron, where you're not on the ground shooting at all. You're only in your spaceship. So they're gonna have that, and and they even tease that there will actually be a trench run mission. Like you'll be running down the trench as an X-wing and or Tie Fighter, depending on what side you're on. So um, they also announced um, that Vader's Tie Fighter will be a vehicle you can fly. Like you can fly the Slave One and the Millennium Falcon in Fighter Squadron now. Um, Vader's TIE will be, uh, the advanced TIE fighter will be one of the, uh, special ships, I guess you can fly, uh, in the, the Death Star expansion. And then the two new heroes that they're adding are Bosk for the Imperials and Chewbacca for the Rebels. So you will finally be able to play as Chewbacca and have his crossbow, assumedly, um, and, and be able to growl and everything. So that'll be real cool. Hopefully rip somebody's arm off. Yeah, at least some droids, right? So, um, and then the final DLC or expansion that they're going to do for this game um, is going to be Rogue One related. Uh, uh, they announced that it will be Scarif. They'll use that planet. 
Nice. Um, and they it'll most likely they didn't give it a release date, but obviously I would assume it won't be before Rogue One comes out because I would bet there'll be spoilers for the movie if you play, you know, parts of this game. Um, there will be some maps on Scarif and other things as well. And then they did say the Imperial hero that you'll be able to play as is Orson Krennic. So he'll be the Imperial hero to play. Now, do you get to rebel. walk in the water with your uh, robe flapping behind with your you? Robe flapping. Right I would in assume the wind. so. I would be very disappointed if not. Because I'll but, probably just do that. Right. Make sure you record footage and then you can put yeah. that on the website of that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that, they didn't really give a whole lot of details for the Rogue One expansion, but that up to this celebration, we knew there was going to be one more expansion in the wintertime, but it wasn't announced what it would be. We always knew it wasn't going to be anything from the new movies, because this is original trilogy time era. Um, so we kind of guessed that's probably what it would be, and they finally did confirm that that is it. So Death Star coming, which will be fun, and then also Rogue One later this year. Uh, my son begged and begged and begged for us to get the season pass, so we own that season pass. Um, and he'll, I told him, and yeah, he he was super excited about that. So, there's your video game Star Wars stuff for this week. Very cool, very cool. I saw some uh, some VR Star Wars stuff. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't. They're gonna. Tales of the Jedi, or yep. am I even right on that? Yep, it's uh, it's a PlayStation exclusive, um, and it's it's with Battlefront. So PlayStation VR comes out in October, and it'll have an experience, quote unquote, um, where you can you play with a lightsaber in virtual reality. I don't know if you'll do the whole training like Luke did on the Millennium Falcon, blocking the bolts or what, but there's an experience that will come along with with that game, Battlefront, if you have PlayStation VR. Nice. Yeah. I don't have a PlayStation, so. Well. Kind of bummed. Yeah. But very cool. So, Brian, I got to have you over, man. Play some Battlefront. Yeah, definitely. Are you talking to me? <laughs> I'm just What? Well, yeah. No, I need name. to come over, and I need to come play Battlefront with you, and I need to defeat you. <laughs> Whoa. Of course, right. we all know what side I'll pick, so. Makes it well, when, you're, when you play you. local co-op, you can only be on the same team, so. See, so shows how much I know about Battlefront. Yeah. Right. Brian fairly, too. <laughs> well. Well. No comment. Okay. Just ask All his right. kids. They know more. Yeah, my kids play it. Uh, I just buy the stuff. So. Um, all right. Very cool. So, uh, you know, before we jump into what Brian has, uh, you know, there was some big Rebels news that, that broke during Celebration. Yeah, yeah there was. Um, Tell me about this news. This news is about a new character that's going to appear on Rebels, but not so new. He is a uh, expanded universe character loved by many, and he is none other than our blue friend Thrawn. So, pretty stinking cool. I'm going to play this Star Wars Rebels Season 3 trailer that they showed at celebration um and i'm just going to talk about that for a second then we'll jump in a little bit about thrawn and um in case you don't know um you know you may not know much about him because he was not part of the original uh canon now that it is canon so without further ado here's the star wars rebels 3 season trailer ahsoka 
battles leave scars. Some you can't see. I will never let my friends get hurt again. The Holocron. I'm afraid it's changing him. What if there are secrets we can learn from it that'll help us destroy the Sith? Ezra, the secrets in that thing almost destroyed you. There are Imperial cadets at the Sky Strike Academy who wish to defect to the Rebels. This is Ty SS25. You can call me Wedge. Welcome to the Rebellion. Still can't believe we're here to break this guy out of prison. My friends, my friends! <laughs> I give to you Reclam Station. If we could steal a squadron's worth, they would be key to building a strike fleet. Let's go get them. Everybody ready? Yep. Let's go. One last glorious day in the Grand Army of the Republic. Flying stormtroopers? Worse. Mandalorians who serve the Empire. You haven't forgotten our ways. That has earned my respect. So what's in it for you two? Bitches untold, that sort of thing. So we'll split the treasure. <laughs> split the treasure, oh that's a classic. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. How do you intend to solve this problem? I need someone who sees a bigger picture. Ooh. The Empire is getting better at anticipating our moves. I underestimated the Commander. The previous attacks were clumsy. But this one was swift. Precise. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Carabast. Embrace your destiny. Jedi am Sith, the light and the dark. I'm the one in the middle, the Bendu. Once a secret is known, it cannot be unknown. Your anger gives you strength. I will pull the rebels apart piece by piece. I must become more powerful. They'll be the architects of their own destruction. Turn away before it's too late! The key to destroying the city. Alright, there you have it. So, um, some... Yeah, I know it's a video, but some there's some cool audio there, too. But, yeah, um, not only are we going to get to see Thrawn, you get to see Wedge is in there. Um, Darth Maul is going to return. It looks like we've time jumped a little bit. Ezra looks a little bit older. Um, he has a haircut. He's jumping around like crazy. He's got a green lightsaber. Um, and then uh, I mentioned Wedge, right? You did. Yeah. So uh, so pretty stinking cool. 
Um, did you guys get to see that at all? The the Rebels trailer. Yeah, I think I watched it with you, Brian. Yep. Um, so you know, if you haven't gotten into Rebels, it's it's a really good. Um, and, you know, I know it's a cartoon, but you know, you got to get into it. Number one, it's canon. Number two, they just do a really good job with the storytelling. Um, but obviously now that Thrawn's on, I mean, that's somebody that you should get to know. We'll see what happens with his character development. Um, you Did know. you guys read the Thrawn trilogy then? Back I did the not. Day? I didn't either. I was just curious. No. I always had it on my shelf growing up, but I was like always a kid. and I just like the old guy with the cool medallion on the cover. Yeah. It came out, the first one came out in 1991, so it's uh, fairly old. It, it might be worth diving into just to see if they keep a lot of his character the same or or not right so he was um obviously thrawn you know a little bit about thrawn he was um came through the expanded universe and the uh novel trilogy by timothy zahn mm-hmm. um count it count it we we know we know timothy zahn not yeah, not totally. that timothy zahn but no. we know another Timothy yeah. Zahn might even get him on the show. Well, know, <laughs> well, well. All right, you're not moving anyway. Uh, he's definitely referred. So some notes. Um, this comes from Rob Brickman. Bricken, sorry, Rob. Rob Bricken. He's uh, some well, he's things to note. Been. He's definitely referred to as Grand Admiral. Uh huh. Um, there's no mention of anything else from Heir to the Empire. Or other two books of the trilogy, so don't think those novels have suddenly been added wholesale to the new canon. And I thought this was interesting. He's being voiced by Lars Mikkelsen, brother of Rogue One star uh, Mads Mikkelsen. That is kind of so, interesting. That's kind of cool. Um, so, anyways, and then Timothy Zahn is writing a new Star Wars Star Wars novel titled for um, obviously Thrawn, and that's going to be due out in 2017. I didn't see that. That's yeah. exciting. I just read that the other day, and I thought that was very cool. Where yeah, Do so you know where it's fitting in in the timeline? I do obviously, not. Obviously, um, it must be during the Rebels, assumedly. Maybe before. Yeah, we'll see. You know, um, That's cool. So a little bit about Thrawn. He is a Chiss. Um, that's his race. Um, if you haven't seen him, he's all blue. Has gr- uh, red eyes. Blue with red eyes. Um, but he's from the Chiss race that lives in the unknown regions. Um, so like even past the outer rims, that's kind of like outside of the galaxy. Um, and again, we'll see how much of this they pull into the cannon. Um, but he's a brilliant military tactician, um, for the empire. He's, uh, he's the only non-human that becomes an admiral. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Huh. And, um, from what I understand, a lot of the other admirals dislike him basically because of that. Not only because of that, but, but that's a, a large region, uh, reason. He, um, he meets Darth Sidious, or uh, you know, obviously Palpatine, 30 years before the Battle of Yavin. Um, he, um, basically, there's this, this alien race called the uh, Yusun Vong, and... Um, the emperor wants to keep them away from the galaxy because if the uh, if the Vong come in, it's gonna kind of it's gonna take the galaxy's attention and put it on the Vong, and that would kind of ruin his plans to take over the galaxy. So he kind of uses uh, Thrawn 
to help um, keep them at bay and get rid of them. So basically, Thrawn does a lot of missions out in the uh, unknown regions for Palpatine. Um, but at some point, he's exiled by his people, by the Chiss, um, for tactics that he uses that they don't agree with. He joins the Empire eight years after meeting Palpatine, uh, uh, Emperor Palpatine, and that's when he, he does his uh, missions in the unknown region. He... Um, and I hope I'm not ruining it for anybody, but, you know, this is old EU, so this could change, but he did die. Yeah, did it, it, did it, it ruin I it? doubt they'll keep it the same. Like They have to keep him, right? Just like well, Maul. No, so I just brought, I just looked up, they did an interview with Timothy Zahn about his new book and about how he feels about this. Um, and for Timeline... Um, it happens beginning with his first in the book, beginning with his first encounter with the Empire. So that's where the book will start. And it'll end just before the opening of Rebel Season 3. So that's where the book will take place, is when the Empire meets him or when he meets Empire, and it'll end right before Season 3 of the Rebels starts. Um, and then they also ask him if he's incorporating any elements from his previous books into the new one. And he says only as Easter eggs, um, nothing... Like storyline, like you can't the story that happened in the Thrawn trilogy doesn't exist with this okay. character Thrawn. So, so there you have it. So a lot of that's probably going to unchange or, or is going to change. I, I don't, I don't, I wonder he if he may we'll still see the die. Ball. But yeah, um, you know, one thing talk about Easter eggs. If you if you watch that Star Wars Rebels uh, trailer, when you see Admiral Thrawn in the background, he kind of has these two statues of like these lizards, and I can't remember what they're called, but um, these lizards somehow have the ability to um, resist the Force. And I oh. guess in, in his backstory in, in those novels, he actually kind of carries one around with him huh. um, so that the Jedi can't, uh, can't use their Force on him. Interesting. And um, interesting fact that there's, there were similar type statues, if you watch Revenge of the Sith, that Palpatine had in the hallway leading up to his office. Ah. Which he could have used the same um, to kind of defer any force ability while people, while Jedi or different higher ups in the Jedi Order were meeting with him to kind of defer them from sensing any force power within him. Oh, sure. Now, here's the question that I want to ask, and it's not the question. Is this the, of the question day. of the day? Oh, okay. It's not <laughs> the question of the day. Got all excited. But. So excited. You know, seeing so much excitement, especially at Celebration and Comic Con, of all these different. You know, longtime Star Wars fans just going nuts finally seeing Grand Admiral Thrawn come on the screen, even as a cartoon character and not even in the, you know, saga series or any of the spinoff live action. You know, moving forward, is it a better choice for them to in- introduce new villains and new characters like the Inquisitors or to implement characters that fans have always wanted to see in canon? And bring those characters from the EU in. Would it be better to bring a character, a new character in, or would it be good to bring in like a Mara Jade type character into the so, live action, into or the just live in action, or Rebels, or whatever the case to, or do what they did with a Kylo Ren type character of taking elements of the EU and bringing it into the new. I think if we see, I think in the live action stuff, we're going to see a lot of new. I I don't. I think for just briefly looking at it my initial reaction is if they if they bring anybody that's known already that'll be done in the animated series which is part of the reason we haven't seen ahsoka in live action you know i mean 
they would have really had to shoehorn it in to, to make that work. But my gut feeling says if they do something live action, it's going to be mostly new characters. They're not going to bring in someone that existed in a book or in the cartoons that hasn't been live action yet. Yeah, I think I think I probably agree with that. I think it's easier for them to do the cartoons. I, I would say um, I think ultimately, though, it comes down to story. And, you know, the story has to be good. And if that means using a, you know, a new character or using a character from Legends or the EU, you know, it's got to be a good story. And I think, you know, Thrawn is such an interesting character, which is why he was so popular in, in the expanded universe. You know, you know you're going to get a good story using him. Um, what I would like to see, though, is, you know, through they're doing it a little bit with Clone Wars, but through Clone Wars and Rebels, you know, these animated series is I'd like to see them worked into the cinematic universe as well. Again, not, you know, not over, you know, not to overdo it, but here and there, um, just to kind of tie everything. Like together. if we ever see Ezra in an actual movie, Ezra, right, Chopper, like Ezra, right? Ezra showing up in the Han Solo, the, Solo film. Right. Sure. That would be cool. But I think that they're, they're slowly creeping that in having Saw Gerrera. Sure. Yeah. Making right. his transition just That's tiny a little bit. Of from the Clone Wars and just yeah. kind of putting it in there. See how it and, works. And it's just kind of it's just kind of slowly integrating the characters from the so when the the cartoons into the live action. When will Luke and Leia and all of them Chewbacca? When will they be phased out? Will we see the lat? Will we see any of the? Obviously, spoiler: Han's gone. Will we see any Luke, Leia, Chewbacca in Episode Nine? Do you think they'll phase the old guard out by the time this trilogy's over? Well, one, be careful what you say about Luke. Uh, two, um, <laughs> I would uh, I would be shocked if they killed you know Luke off in the in this next one. Maybe he just leaves. Um, I mean, he doesn't. Have, I'm just saying. Just leaves. You know. I um, you know, I I would I'd hope we'd see him at least in the last one. But part of you too wants to even see him as a Force ghost. Um, even so i don't know i just think to kill han solo and seven and then now kill luke and eight you just got to have a new a new group though that like if ray and finn and poe are our new younger group that takes us to the future right but let me just say this uh jj abram just came out with an article an interview this week that said that he's interested in doing a knights of ren spinoff i did see that too and the reason that i'm saying that is is because you know they did clone wars yeah, and they did Rebels, and Rebels in season three now. Sure. And once Rebels is over, they either have one or two options turn to the animation. They they can go pre episode one and kind of do an old Republic mm. type mm-hmm. storyline, or what's the big time gap that they haven't really gotten into it yet? And that's yeah. yes, they've hit it with books and whatnot, but what if they did a you know another series like a like Clone Wars and like Rebels, but did it in the middle between yeah. Return of the Jedi and The sure. Force Awakens. Yeah. Yep. That yeah, there's a lot of options. It's it's and anything that'll make them money. I mean honestly, that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, well hey, so speaking of Knights of Ren, I made a uh I guess you could call it a prediction or a I had a theory um on the last podcast. I don't know if it was the last podcast or, or the one before that about um in episode seven when ray touched the lightsaber and she has all those visions and all that um the knights of ren part of it 
where mm-hmm. she sees Kylo and the Knights of Ren in the rain. If that was the future, when right. we all thought it was the past, when I was searching some information on two tubes, I came uh, up to Star Wars Facebook page, and this was a this was posted today, okay, and it says uh, and it has pictures of that vision, um, you know, one with Luke's hand on R two D two, one when she's a little girl, Daisy Ridley. Um, you guys hear that thunder? It's storming over here. Wow, yeah. So angry. Um, but anyways, there's also a picture of uh, Kylo Ren uh, in that Knights of Ray, uh, uh, Knights of Ren scene. But the post says, specters of the past, visions of the future. Ray saw many things when she encountered Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. What do you think it all meant? Hmm. So some just of it saying, was future. Just saying. I mean, I... We're on record here. I was the first to say Ever. that. Even before Star Wars said it, I was the first to say that. Yeah. So I just love that you're talking about the Knights of Ren scene of them in the rain with the, with with thunder the thunder in it's the background. Great. It's a Go outside. Effect. Go outside real quick. I don't Let's think make it's a real. Idea. No, it's a great so, idea. I just want to know more <laughs> about the Knights of Ren. I read yeah. that, you know, I read that Entertainment Weekly article when The Force Awakens, just like the one that they made for Rogue One. And... J.J. Abrams was just talking up and revealing all this stuff about the Knights of Ren, which got me really hyped about it. And then I got, like, that scene in The Force Awakens. Right. So I just want to know who they are, what are they about. I want to see them in action. I want to know where I can sign up for the Knights of Ren. <laughs> of course you do. And <laughs> well, and then I started and, uh, reading, uh, was it uh, was it Aftermath, Chad? I know you read Aftermath. Were they? Uh-huh. What's that group? There's a group that goes around buying stuff. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's. That might be a foreshadowing of of the of the Knights of Ren. I know some people are saying they think maybe that's part of it because they're like they're going they're, around binding up buying lightsabers and anything that's Sith related. They're buying and trying to find and collect. And we know Kylo, you know, was was a collector. Kind of a yeah. <laughs> um, kind of obsessed with that a little bit. Yeah. So some cool stuff. Um, what else did you have, Brian? Do you have uh, some news for us? Well, you kind of dwelled into it a little bit, but you know, me as the guy who really enjoys the movies, um, mostly the saga movies are really my favorite outlet in terms of Star Wars, and that's you know, I see all this stuff at Celebration and everything at Comic Con, and I know you know they just want to focus on the next step before they go any farther. So I know that a lot of the promotional pieces and everything that they really don't want to push Rogue One to the side and focus too much on Episode Eight, you know, because this is kind of Rogue One's time. But as somebody who is really into the saga series, it's kind of frustrating because I'm saying, you know, gimme, 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 Episode Eight news, you know, I'll take whatever I can get. But I just kind of feel like I have to wait until Rogue One is kind of off the scene a little bit before I'll get anything in terms of Episode Eight. So. What I was just really reading up this week and what I was thinking about is, you know, where are we at right now with Episode 8? What do we know? You know, where are we at? What have they revealed to us? Obviously, you've already mentioned Rain Wilson is is the sole writer and director of the movie. Um, You know, I read about uh, everybody from The Force Awakens is coming back. So Maz Katana and all these different characters that we met in The Force Awakens are coming back to kind of progress their line of where they um of where they kind of entered in um in the force awakens and then obviously we have benicio del toro as as 
you know, reports say as a new villain and two other female uh, characters. So we kind of see these new characters kind of coming in um, after we just got a whole lineup of new, of new characters in The Force Awakens. Uh, but the interesting thing that you mentioned was that Episode Eight, what they just revealed was Episode Eight is doing something that no other Star Wars movie is doing, and that is, you know, picking up exactly where we left these characters off in the last movie. So, you know, it kind of gives us a, an idea of where we're going to meet these characters at. Obviously, Ray is meeting with Luke. Uh, Finn, we don't know his medical conditions as of now. <laughs> he could be in a coma half the movie, or he could be <laughs> in, half mechanical. He could be in a Darth Vader suit, if all we know. Uh, Poe is back at the resistance. Han is dead. You know, I did, you know, they did mention during the panel, it kind of slipped a little bit about Han's funeral, Mm -hmm. um, from Carrie Fisher. So that's a possible spoiler there. Um, and then obviously Snoke gave his direction for Hux to meet, take, uh, Kylo Ren and meet, meet back up with him. So, you know, where I kind of see the characters going into the movie, and I don't know about what your guys' thoughts are, but obviously... Ray is on Ak 2, which is, you know, you mentioned the Mecca, um, you know, Jeddah being the Mecca of, of spiritual forceness. Um, but Ak 2 is the, you know, is the, is the Garden of Eden, I guess, of the Force, if you want to put it in that terms, um, of where the Jedi came and, and trained up for the first time. Uh, Finn, obviously, is where he's at. And now, you know, where, where are they going to take Kylo Ren? Um, and where are they going to take General Hux kind of to that next level, and, and how are they going to meet him with Snoke and and all that? So, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are of, of where these characters are at, and 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 what you guys have heard from Episode Eight. I want to see Snoke. I mean, I want to see. I guess this is more Beanov's side, but where what because he said something about finishing Kylo Ren's training, right? Like that was part of his directive to Hux. It's like, we need to finish his training, bring him with, you know, go get him, make sure you bring him along. Where are they going to go? Where are they going to meet? What training is left? Who is Snoke? And you sent that picture in that text thread earlier this week, uh, Binab, about, you know, your Snoke theory sucks. Um, but who is this guy? That's what I, I want to know. I mean, yes, I want to see Ray. I want to see Luke. I want to know what happens to everybody else. But tell me about Snoke. Show me this. That's what I want to know. Right, and that's something interesting that I read about them saying, well, Benicio Del Toro is going to be a new villain in the story. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking in my mind, you know, Kylo Ren is barely established as a villain, yeah. and and we know nothing about Snoke, and then while we're trying to figure out all these things, then you're going to throw another villain in there, mm. and I have to take in that. So, you know, you know, like I'm wondering, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin and Grand Admiral Thrawn, you know, I, I kind of, you know, kind of, you know, you always wondered who's in charge of who, sure. um, you know, in terms of the Empire and, you know, just having so many of these people, obviously, you know, Supreme Leader Snoke, he's the head guy, but where does everybody else kind of fall in terms of who's in charge of who in terms of the villains? And, you know, maybe they are introducing a character like Benicio Toro to kind of take that role as the main villain because, you know, maybe Kylo kind of you know, pulls a little to the light and, you know, mm. in the, in eight or nine. So you need kind of a main villain for them to go up against. So, yeah, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how they introduce these new characters in and, you know, maybe they have something to do with the character. Maybe they're connected some way to the characters now. Maybe it's a, you know, some, so, some Ray relatives or somebody else. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll have to see where it goes. I I saw that picture of uh, Rain uh, Johnson holding that sticker. Uh, Your Snoke theory sucks. I saw that too. So, you know, hopefully that means some of the stuff that I've heard about Snoke <laughs> isn't right. Um, especially some of the reincarnation stuff. And uh, I know that more is for Ray, but there's some of that floating around for Snoke. But uh, so anyways, um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think you're going to hear too much until Rogue One's done, like you said. Um, Because all the buzz is going to be about Rogue One. So um, good stuff, though. All right. So what's your question of the day, Brian? My question of the day, thinking about Episode Eight, I think that the one question I am, yes, about the title, um, but now I'm kind of in that state of after the dust has cl- settled and I've kind of taken The Force Awakens in, not as, yes, as I'm super excited about it and, you know, this is the first Star Wars movie I've seen in a decade. But now I can kind of look at it and kind of digest it as another film in the saga and kind of rank it up against everything else. Mm. But also I can look at it and say, you know, what are the things that we're kind of missing and here's my question of the day is what things do you feel that we're missing from the force awakens that you want to see in episode eight go ahead brian um for me it's it's probably the initial reaction i had i i loved i thought it was episode seven was great um i liked it and i'm not here to dog on jj abrams or anything but I love action, um, but I'm more of a story guy, and I would like to see more story. I, I'm okay with the action. I still want to see action, but I felt like it was it was very fast-paced with, again, I'm okay with, but I think once in a while it's okay to, to slow it down and really, you know, get some story. Um, and so that, if that makes any sense, is one thing. But the other thing I would say is I'm okay with, with some of the politics of the galaxy. I'm okay with with seeing that i was okay with it and phantom menace i know that could and uh you know clone wars and all that and the prequels i know that can get kind of heavy but i you know i enjoy seeing the history you know in this galaxy and and politics plays a huge role in that so you know we don't have to shy away from everything from the prequels it's okay to you know as long as you don't have jar jar binks in the movie (laughs) it's okay to to get into some of the politics of everything um so i would say story Politics. I still want the action, but I'm okay to slow things down and explore some right. things a little bit. Right, and that's definitely seen in The Force Awakens. I mean, before I can even digest what the New Republic was, they were getting blown to bits. Yeah. So it was kind of like, wait, what happened? <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, that's something I think myself I'm looking for a little bit more of delving into where we're at and where these people came from and what in the world is going on here. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Um, obviously, I just said Snoke. I want to see all about that, so tell me more about Snoke. It would be... and But this is story-driven and plot-driven of who Ray is. Obviously, everyone wants to know that. But the movie, Episode 7, I heard a lot of people say that it was it was almost a clone of Episode 4. Like, it was, it was very similar to A New Hope as far as, uh, you know, a, a hero discovering... This, the force meeting up against the bad guys and even kind of everything just kind of laid out the same way. And I don't have a problem with that. I think that's good. Um, and I think it was fine. But I would like to see episode eight. Not, I hope it's not a clone of Empire, my favorite one. 
be different. I want it to be different. You know, I want episode eight. And the way, the way it sounds from what Brian read earlier, it is going to be different. But I want episode eight to be a different movie. I don't want it to be a repeat of what The Empire Strikes Back was. Um, I want it to be its own thing more so um, than The Force Awakens was over episode four. And again, I'm not saying that that's bad or I didn't like it. I just want it to branch out and do its own thing. Yeah, some originality there. Mm-hmm. So if you end up seeing finding a new character who is a friend of another character who ends up betraying them, <laughs> and then somebody loses a limb at the end, I right. think you'll be upset. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I would be upset. I'd just be like, oh, well, that's cool, but you could, probably could have been nice if you'd done something different. I'd like to right. see someone lose a foot. Um, Instead of an arm. <laughs> yeah, just know. a foot. You know, Maybe they're going for a kick and you know, chop. It's gone. Um, and then they can have a uh, Star Wars peg leg. Yeah, yeah I like want to see a, a robotic foot. You, you know? can take C-3PO's leg, his silver one, and then, uh, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Cool, very cool. All right, so Outer Rim. Um, I don't know if you guys got something, and I'm, mine's kind of cheating. It's 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 uh, not totally Star Wars, mm. uh, but it has some Star Wars uh zing zing i'll say um don't know if that even makes sense but um i don't know if you have netflix but if you have netflix you should check out a netflix original called stranger things i've uh, seen people talk about this for the last week or so like crazy what does this have to do with star wars well let me explain please do number one explain it to me as a child it is set in 1983 which is when Return of the Jedi came out. Okay. That's number one. Um, but basically, you know, a little bit about the story. There's there's these four kids. Um, I don't know. They're maybe like 12 years old or something. But um, kind of has that Goonies vibe of just, you know, that buddy-buddy kind of vibe that they have. Um, but, uh, you know, and there's some. Sh- they live in Indiana. And um, in 1983, there's like this uh, complex in the town um, and there's just some, some weird things. If they, they happen upon this girl about their same age who has some special abilities, um, that you, um, that you come to find out. And then just some, some things happen in the movie, which I don't want to give away. It's not a movie. It's a show. It's eight episodes. They're about an hour each. Um, it's, it's a really good show. It's one of those things where you, you keep watching one after the other. It has the right amount of, you know, it's, it's a little creepy. It has some humor and um you know it has some mystery so they do a really good job with it it's not kid friendly and the only reason i say that is because there's there's a little bit of language and um and some scenes are probably a little scary um for kids but back to the star wars part of it they they reference star wars a few times in several of the episodes the kids do um you see the millennium falcon um Hmm. i'll just give this scene away it's it's uh they have this girl in their um, in like their family room, downstairs family room. The Millennium Falcon's there, and they're like, "Why don't you make that fly?" Because she can do things with her mind. And of course, she doesn't do it. But they kind of all walk away to do something or get something. And then she, you know, next thing you know, they show her again, and it's like floating in the air. The Falcon is, which is kind of cool. But then they they reference it. They talk about Star Wars hmm. a few times through the movie. So. It's a wide jump, I guess, for a Star Wars reference for, for the Outer Rim. But because they do talk about 
the outer um they do talk about star wars um and it has that 1983 that 1980s feel um it kind of makes you feel like a kid again when you know when you're in love with star wars so that's my outer rim stranger things on netflix eight episodes check it out it's a really good show and you get some cool star wars references so you guys got anything for the outer rim the uh you guys heard of those funko pop figures yep you know what those are little bobbleheads some of them bobbleheads some of them aren't they make them for pretty much every culture pop anything you can think of movies sports tv shows they've got them well they started coming out with their second line of star wars pop figures so we now have um, a ray holding a lightsaber we have a kylo ren with no mask holding a lightsaber uh, we have a bearded luke and there was also a General Hux as one. So those just came out here in the last week or two. Um, I have the BB-8 figure, which is, like, really hard to find. Eh? Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you like if you like collecting those things and they're, like, crack, you start, it's really hard to quit. Does um, the Luke have uh, his hood on or off? Is, you know, I'm trying to remember. I think, his hood the... is, I think his hood is off. Off? I think so it's a white hair. Yeah. So you have the robotic hand. I don't think you see his hand, but I can't what remember. The... Come on now. I can't remember. I just remember the the Ray because Ray and BB-8 are like the two most popular ones that we in the comic store that I have. Um, we can't keep those in stock, and so the Ray with a lightsaber is is really kind of cool. Cool. Beanab, you got anything for us? Yes, and I'm glad that Chad spoke first. You know, I'm always looking up things on social media, like I have in the past. Obviously, you guys mentioned before about Rain Johnson holding up that photo of your Snoke theory suck. Mm -hmm. So uh, that kind of gets me upset because if he's going to build up that much, um, if he's going to, you know... Call attention to it. Right, if he's going to shoot some shots at us about how much our theories suck then whatever really is the big reveal better be good brian's right. taking it personal uh, <laughs> right you know i better be amazed yeah in episode well, eight um that came from a podcast actually um st- i think it's steel wars mm-hmm. um s-t-e-l-e i think but uh and somehow you know, I don't know if they sent it to him or they got a hold of it um right rain wilson did or uh, rain johnson did and uh <laughs> Took that picture of it, so um, yeah. But I think he is. I think he's giving that right to you, Beanob. Um, he obviously right, knows I'm who you are. I'm taking that personally. He's not. He's not going to take it anymore. So I don't even think he's going to let you see the movie. And uh, yeah, no, I'll definitely go see it. Um, and then speaking of Ray holding a lightsaber, there was a video of her training, kind of swirling a stick around. Um, which is kind of cool to kind of see her kind of fighting style and how she um, has been training uh, to use a lightsaber, which we know that she'll probably be using one very frequently in this next movie. Um, my hopes, my hopes, and I know I didn't get to mention my answer to that question of what I hope, I want to see some more lightsaber action in the next Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I want some Phantom Menace, that epic Anakin versus Obi-Wan lightsaber duels and lightsaber action. So I am hoping, crossing my fingers, that Rey gets a double-bladed lightsaber. Which I think would be very cool to her character. She did have the staff in The Force Awakens. 
And yeah. I just hope that she is swinging around double-bladed lightsaber, going after Snoke and whoever, Benicio Del Toro and Kylo Ren and anybody else who comes in her path. Hmm. It's interesting. I haven't thought about that. Would people uh, give? Would people assume that that's a callback to to Maul? Because he's is he the only one we've seen with a double bladed saber? Um, his in, brother. In... True. Huh. But I just hope that she uses a double bladed lightsaber. Will kind of you know switch things up a little bit and give Kylo Ren's cross guard lightsaber a little bit run for its money. So do we assume she'll make her own lightsaber in this next movie? Then we will see. Yeah. Well, there's I've heard there's a scene of Luke showing her how to make one. And yeah, where he like, like takes it apart with the force. So, or yeah, right. She's in the so force. so maybe we'll get a Luke Ray Octu Rocky training montage video <laughs> <laughs> running through the beach. Yeah. Well, then we'll have to see if if uh, Kylo has the same lightsaber because I think he lost his didn't he in the uh, when that he didn't hit. lose his he dropped it it was right next to him at the end. You can okay. pause it and zoom in, but I don't think he lost it. And then obviously we'll see what his new uh, his new cosmetic look will look like after getting smacked in the face. Um, maybe he'll keep the same helmet. Maybe he'll be a little bit more Darth Vader esque mm. in his new choice of mask. Dope. So we'll cool. see there. It's exciting. Well, good stuff. Um, so this has been episode. Frick, I don't know what episode. <laughs> <are we> <laughs> It's four, four right? Five, episode five, four? Four. 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 Yeah, episode four. This is our this is the new hope of the podcast. <laughs> this is the new hope. Um <laughs> Yes. So episode four of the Star Wars Rant podcast. We appreciate you listening. Uh you can follow us on Twitter at at Star Wars Rant um on Twitter. And then also leave us a voicemail at 402-327-1138, 402-327-1138. Let us know if you have an answer to the question of the day or what you think the Star Wars Episode Eight title should be. Be sure to check out Chad's podcast, South Dakota Gamer. It's a great podcast, a lot of good information. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, and we will look forward to talking to you next week. 